So obviously tonight I'm going to be preaching an Easter sermon. Are you guys okay with that? Hey? I hope I'm going to do as good a job as what, what Willem did this morning. So I've got a lot to live up to. So, um. <laughs> so I want you to turn with me to Matthew 28, verse 5. It says that the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he has said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So tonight the title of my sermon is the following. Come see and go and tell. Come and see and go and tell. So we are South Africans to start off. Who likes holidays? Who likes public holidays especially? All right? For all of us working guys, we love public holidays. We like, who, like, who loves Christmas? Anybody? Okay, right? Because you get gifts, right? You get presents, okay? Right? Easter? Who likes Easter? Okay, yeah, chocolate tea. For the moms here, who loves Mother's Day? Okay? All right? You don't like Mother's Day because you're not a mom yet. All right? <laughs> Father's Day for the dads because you get another pair of socks or another pair of underwear hey, to last you another year. All right? And then absolutely my personal, personal favorite is Friday. Who likes Friday? All right? Friday is also always the best holiday in the world. But you know what happens is, when it's time for holidays, like Christmas, like, like Valentine's Day, and all these days, things shift inside of us. Something shifts. Because you can have a fight with your mom, the next day is Mother's Day, and suddenly you buy her a gift and you're like, oh, I'm so glad I have a mom. Because you see, on Christmas Day, it tells us about Jesus' birth. Mother's Day tells us about moms, how important they are. Father's Day tells us about dads. Valentine's Day is that whole mushy, romantic day with all red things. For the guys that are recently married or still going to get married, don't ever buy your wife red shoes and a red dress on Valentine's Day. It doesn't go. Right? It doesn't work. By the way, guys, never buy your wife clothes in general. It just don't. It's something you don't do. All right? I won't go into details. But I've learned. After 16 years of marriage, I've learned. All right? You don't buy clothes. But you see, this weekend is the most incredible weekend of all time. It's the most incredible thing happened on this weekend. Good Friday. We all love Good Friday because it's Friday. Yes, baby, it's awesome. It's Good Friday. We can go. We don't have to go to work. But why was it Good Friday? It's Good Friday because Jesus died on that cross. He gave his life for you and me 
And Evie has shared it tonight, and Willem also shared it this morning, about the weight that Jesus actually carried. Everything was loaded on him. Everything was in him. The anguish of the world was in him. And he freely gave his life for you and me. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says the following, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God made him sin for us. He put everything that was ugly, everything that was horrible. This morning, who's been horrible to someone else this weekend? Anybody? My son and my daughters, they all know because they were horrible to each other last night. And we had a long chat about it. But you see, that horribleness that you carry inside of your heart, when you go to the shop and you see an old lady, forgive me, ladies that are more older, right? And she's driving towards this parking, which is close to the entrance of the mall, and you see her coming and you're like, I'm going to beat her. And you park in front of her and you're like, well, I got it. Who's ever done that? Yeah, I've done it. I've done it. I'll repent happily, but I won't do it again. But you see, the world has gone and made it all about secular stuff. They've made it about Chris. They've made it about Easter eggs, sweets, chocolates. Who likes Easter eggs? Come on, come on! Explain to me how does a bunny have an egg? It can't. I don't know how you put a bunny and an egg together. It just doesn't happen. I know chickens lay eggs. But you see, the world is gone and it made all those things. But yet, something that's good out of it is family time. Families getting together, eating meals together. Families that haven't seen each other for a while. That's a good thing, right? But the world is gone and they've taken away the real message of Jesus. The message of what he's done for us is actually lost with all the other stuff around us. And so what I want to speak on tonight is about come see, go and tell. And my first word I want to speak about is come. What does it mean to come? If I say to Warren, Warren, would you come to me, please? I would like you to come to me. Thank you. So what does it mean if I say to him, come? I'm not pulling him and saying, come with me. He came out of his free will. My hands aren't closed to him. And so Jesus also said, come to me. Bring the little children to me, right? Because Jesus has never been closed and saying that I will not accept you no matter what you look like. He's never, ever pushed anyone away. Warren can be the world's worst sinner. Right? This could be a multi-murderer, like a serial killer, who's killed like 150 people. And we as the world would be like, oh no, don't touch him. 
But you know what? Jesus comes in that moment of repentance and he puts his arm around him and it's all gone. Because Jesus doesn't push anyone away. He says, come. Am I right? You guys with me? Thank you. So Matthew 28, Matthew 11 verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus says, come to me. He doesn't say, Linda, you and Pauline and Jill, only you guys can come. Or No, no, the Grabo guys can't come. They, they, they're not welcome. He says, come all. There is no differentiation between all. And the Greek word for all means all. It's really deep. It's all. It's everyone. Every single person can come to Jesus. Be a part of what he's doing. There's a word called abiding. Abiding means to remain or to stay close to. So Jesus actually says to us, abide in me, because he says, I am the vine, abide in me. And Revelations 22 verse 17 says, God may the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. Whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. Jesus said, come and take the free gift. He gave us a free gift. Because you see, Jesus gave us a great invitation. And even today, he invites everyone that walks the planet. From the beginning of time, he's invited and given them an opportunity. And I'll explain it to you. What happened to the people before Jesus actually came? Has anyone ever asked what happened to them? When they died without Jesus, where did they go? What happened? I'll get there. That was very cool. John 3 verse 16. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That is the love of the Father for us. Which dad here would give you a life for your kids? Would you? Would you? Enver? I would happily. I would give my life for my kids because I love them. I'll die for them. Now imagine God loves each one of us that he would die for us. That he gave his son. John 15, verse 1 to 7, says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. 
No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, he can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. It's interesting. Jesus says, remain. How many times did he say remain in that verse? A lot of times. Because remain doesn't mean I'm remaining in him today, tomorrow I'm not remaining because I'm standing outside the door. Remain means every day. Remain means 24-7. Paul said pray without ceasing. Why do you pray without ceasing? You pray because it's called communication. Am I right? So the second word, I've already spoken about come. It says, Jesus says come. The second word is see. Matthew 28 verse 6 says, He is not here, he has risen, just as he has said, come and see the place where he was lying. There's a difference between looking and seeing. Look outside the door there quickly. Everybody, if you look outside in an instant, it's just, oh, okay, and you look back and you forget what you've seen, right? But when you actually take something and you actually stare at it, you look at the detail of it, you see how beautiful it is. Look at my bread. Linda bought me this bread. Does it look like a nice bread? So if I quickly just showed it to you, you look away, you won't remember it. But if you look at this bread, what makes it unique? Because when you see it, when you look at it, when you study it, you understand that it's really fresh bread. It was nice and warm earlier. It smelt lovely. It's got flour on it. It's a unique bread because there's no other bread that looks like this bread. Because you're seeing, you're understanding. You know what it means. You see, when we see Jesus, and it said there, come and see the place where he was lying, the place where he lay. They didn't just say to him, look. And they looked and they looked away. They came and they saw that Jesus was no longer there. He had risen. The grave clothes was all nicely folded up because Jesus had ridden, risen. And you see what happens with us as people is when the revelation and the knowledge of who Jesus is goes from here to here, it becomes revelation and becomes life because it's a heart issue. You grasp it. You actually get it. The angel just didn't just want the woman just to look at where Jesus was. He wanted them to understand what he actually did. What he did for you and me. Romans chapter 10 verse 9. 
that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are being saved. So do you believe with your head or do you believe with your heart? You believe with your heart. Each one of you sitting here tonight believe that Jesus is the Christ, right? That he is the son of the living God. It's not head knowledge. It's heart knowledge. Because it's gone from here to here. Come and see that he is good. Come and see that he is the risen Christ. My third word is go. Matthew 28 verse 7 says, Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. You see, over Easter and a lot of times, many people actually get stuck at the cross. We get stuck there. Because we go, there's many songs. There's a song at the foot of the cross where people go and, and they're broken and their hearts are absolutely shot up. And we go to the cross and we stand at the bottom of the cross and we look up at the cross and people get stuck there. But you know what? Jesus is no longer on the cross. He's no longer in the grave. He's risen. He's risen for you and me. He's already forgiven your sins. We don't always have to run back to the cross every single week. All we have to do is just come to Jesus because he says, come. Come to me. Go and tell people about it. Go and tell people who Jesus is. Go and tell him for, tell people what he's done in your life. Tonight, Pauline shared a message, a little testimony of what God had done in her life. It was nothing spectacular that we did. All we did was we greeted her in the mall. And in that moment, God did something because it was done by the power of the Holy Spirit. Go and tell. Go and tell those around you of what Jesus had done for you. So what happens in our going? What happens? Number one, we go and we grow. 2 Peter 3.18 But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and and forever. Amen. So we need to grow in the knowledge of who Jesus is. So as we start and we start going on this journey, understanding who Jesus is, we go and we grow. Because growing is actually an active word. So for a couple of years, I've been actively growing. Now I'm trying to ungrow the growth that I did. But it's an active word. 
It's an activity. You've got to keep growing. You've got to keep going into the Word of God and saying, Lord, what are you going to show me today? Lord, how can I grow in my relationship with others? Lord, show me where I can repent. Lord, show me how I can live according to your Word and to your principles. Lord, speak to me by the power of your Holy Spirit. Because growing is active. The Word of God, we need to learn it. We need to read it. And then we need to pray that the Holy Spirit will bring it to life in us. Because prayer is so key. We need to go and we need to pray. John 14, verse 13 and 14. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father, and you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. How many of you guys have ever asked your dad for something? Okay. So if you didn't ask your dad for something, will you actually get it? If you come and stand in front of your dad, do you think your dad will actually know what you want? No. But if Warren was my dad, I can say, Warren, I would like a Ferrari, Dad. Can I have a Ferrari? Warren would give me a Ferrari, maybe a little one. But we as dads would give to our kids. And so does Jesus. It doesn't mean he's going to give you a Ferrari because you might just kill yourself. But you know what? If you go to him and you say, Lord, I've sinned. I ask you that you forgive me. The Bible says he's faithful to do it in an instant. He'll remove your sin as far as the east is from the west. How far is the east? Not Iraq, not Syria, not the east just carries on. The West just carries on. It never, ever, ever stops. You can never get to the end of it. So Jesus removes your sin, and you'll never, ever get it back. On the day of judgment, when you stand there and the devil comes and says, Jesus, you know what Willem did? Willem, he mistreated his wife. He was a horrible husband. He didn't look after his kids. You know what Jesus will say? Where is that? Because I know Willem. And yes, Willem wasn't perfect. But yet Willem repented. And you know what? Willem did a better job the day after than the day before. Because that's how we live in repentance. And prayer becomes a relationship between us and our King. Number three is we need to be an example to others. We need to go with Jesus, and he needs to live out of us, into the world. People need to see Jesus in us. Galatians 2 verse 20 says, I've been crucified with Christ, and I now no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me, And gave himself for me. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. If you walk around, can can people see Jesus in you? 
Can they see Jesus? Do you speak Jesus? When your mouth opens, do you use a very rosy vocabulary? Or when it comes out, is it like, when you sit at a brow with people, what are you talking about? Are you talking about fast cars, all the chicks that you looked at, or the guys, or the hot oaks on the beach that you saw that day? Or do you actually sit there and you're like, you know what, guys? I love Jesus. Let's talk about him. Let's talk about Jesus. What did he do in your life? This afternoon, we went to lunch with Willem and Leone after we were in Gerbo. And you know what? We spoke about Jesus. Because Jesus is who we live. Jesus is the one that we serve. Jesus is everything for us. Number four. So we're building together. In our going, we learn to build together in unity. In Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25, it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. Building together. I've been hammering for the past most probably two and a half years about unity being living stones being built together. Because if I come to this meeting all by myself and I'm standing here, do we have a church? No. Because it's just me. But if all of you come together, are we the church? Because why? Because we're built together. We stand with one another. We love one another. We've got to care for one another because we're the church. We make up the church, not this building. This is just the building. But we are the body. Let's build together, and we have light. My fourth one is tell. Go and tell. Tell someone Tell anyone about Jesus. Someone once said that Christianity is one beggar telling another one where to find bread. Christianity is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Because who is the bread of life? Jesus is the bread of life. Mark 5 verse 15 when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons, sitting there dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people that what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. And as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus didn't let him, but said, Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord had done for you and how he has had mercy on you. What a story. What a story. Go and tell those what Jesus had done for you. 
I'll tell you guys a quick story, just off topic, while they're talking about pigs there. I was a young man, I was 16, growing up in Secunda, Joel will know. And uh, my parents got to a point where they started doing a lot of deliverances and, and setting people free. And we had lots of demons coming out of people. And we had Satanists sleeping in our house and all kinds of crazy things that happened. And so our first deliverance where I'm at, I'm there and there's this young guy in the house and he's going absolutely ballistic. And I start screaming, go into the pigs, go into the pigs. And the pastor standing outside, his name is Neil, and he's like looking around, where's the pigs? And this guy's going ape, and he's running through the house, punching holes in the doors, and going absolutely ballistic. And Neil comes, and he knocks on the door, and we open, we're like, help. And he comes in, and he takes his arms, and he puts it around this guy. And he holds him. And right there, a deliverance takes place, where God set him free. There was no pigs involved. I knew what we had for dinner. But you see, it's not about chasing it out on the pigs. Jesus had compassion on him. Because Jesus wanted him to know what he did for him. And tonight, what did Jesus do for you? What has he done for you? Psalm 107 verse 2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say this. Those he has redeemed from the hand of of the foe. Let the redeemed say so. What are you saying? What are you telling people? Matthew 28, verse 19 to 22. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. And 1 Peter 3, verse 15. But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you, your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. It is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ died for our sins once and for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but was made alive by the Spirit. And I told you earlier, the Bible says that when Jesus ascended, he descended as well. So he went into hell in between the Friday and the Sunday. And you know what he did? This is what he did. Now go back. Through whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison who disobeyed long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. So Jesus went and actually preached to those who were in hell already. And the Bible says that he led captives 
and his train. Do you know that hell was empty? Because Jesus went and got them. He gave them an opportunity for repentance. What a God is that? That those that rejected him in the beginning, even in the time of Noah, he went and he gave them an opportunity to repent. What a God is that? How much more doesn't he love us, you and me? Go and tell. And so tonight, our message is this. Come and see and go and tell. Come and see that the Lord is good and go and tell those around you. And so we say, amen and amen. So let's pray. Colin, will you come pray for us? Yeah. Yeah, Father God, thank you so much for your love and kindness. Oh, Jesus, thank you that you have risen. Thank you that you're alive. And unlike every other religion where their prophet is dead, Father, that Jesus, your tomb is empty. And we just thank you for, for what you've done for us. We, it's, it's so much. We can't even... It's just too much to, to, to fathom. But we do thank you that you have done that, and through that we have eternal life. And I pray, Father, that you'll give us boldness to go and speak about your love and your kindness, and boldness to, to go and proclaim your, your name everywhere, Father. And, um, yeah, I just thank you for... Oh, thank you. It's, amen. Right, guys, have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week.